talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. everyone and welcome to another episode of the dropped kickoff been a little while since we've done one of these but we're back here and we've got a very special guest on for us tonight but once again i am joined by the master of the mic mr nick hartman nick how you doing mate hey guys um yeah good 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 to have another pod <laughs> Absolutely, and it's good that uh, that uh, we're here at this point because uh, last week it was announced that the fifth uh, version of the National Rugby Championship, the fifth draw, has just been announced. And uh, even though yes, we've still got Super Rugby on and Rugby Championship as well, but uh, we thought to as a kind of a preview for the upcoming NRC, we'd get uh, the man, the myth, of the hour, Mr. Brett McKay on. Brett, good to have you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you, guys. It's uh, it's good to be here. I just want to know whether, whether this counts as my annual NRC appearance for for, for Gagger. Are they are uh, they going to come calling me in a couple of weeks as well, uh, or is this it? Oh, they, they, I, I regardless, we'll get you on anyway. <laughs> More self promotion doesn't doesn't hurt, Brett. <laughs> well, I'm I'm all for it. I know no one better qualified. This, once we get Reg back on, once he stops, he stops tra- uh, disappearing away from um, disappearing out of Queensland. Uh, they'll ha- you'll ha- we'll have to have you back on because you have to argue about which team is better. So uh, <laughs> I look look forward to that definitely. Doesn't it feel so weird that like last time it was like it, it doesn't it feels like yesterday that we did the last podcast which when we were on line for two hours. So we have to we have to do another yeah. one. Otherwise. <laughs> We, we might not do it for two hours, but yes, I remember it well. <laughs> okay, uh, well, we'll kick off then. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, like Nick said before, the NRC draw came out, and there were a few surprises in there. Um, Brett, I guess I'll give it to you to take away. What were your first thoughts on this new draw? And if you could, you know, um, could you help explain to the punters the, the, the new big parts of the draw? Well, the, the the biggest change, um, obviously, is that we've dropped another another New South Wales team. So it'll just be the the Sydney Rays and New South Wales Country next year. And um, and I've got to admit that that I'm still sort of grappling with this a little bit. Um, so we go back to an eight team competition. The Fijian Endurers were still in this year, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they go in their second season. We saw a lot of their their squad that we saw during the NRC played. In that World Series rugby game against the Force there um, back in uh, back in early June, so yeah, they're they're working you know toward their 2019 World Cup um, Cup goals. Nick uh, um, uh, John McKee is still very much running running that show, um, and you know I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Andrew back in uh, back in NRC action. The other side of that is that there's no Perth Spirit this year. The Western Force will carry on um, and. Mm. And that becomes a really interesting little dynamic because never before have we seen a team come into the NRC who have been playing for, for, for six or seven weeks. Yes, we've had you know Super Rugby squads in, in the in the cases of the the Melbourne Rising and Perth Spirit and, and, and Canberra Vikings before, but you know they they'd be guys who were 
who might have played together for, for their club size or they might have played some minutes together at Super Rugby level. But, you know, the, the, the Western Force squad will come into the NRC having played, you know, half a dozen games. So I think that's going to be really, really good. Um, Tim Sampson a, is, a, is a quality coach. Um, and so he'll, he's got them playing some good rugby already. And so I think they'll go from World Series rugby into the NRC. And, um, and they'll, they'll, I think they've got to be considered a favourite from, um, from, from the outset. They'll be, they'll be really, really good. Uh, then obviously two Queensland teams, um, you know, Canberra, uh, Canberra, Melbourne, and yeah, as I say, Sydney Rays, um, and New South Wales country. And so yes, no, no Western Sydney Rams, no Greater Sydney Rams. I'm not quite sure what we're up to when we've, when we've, when we've dropped them off again. Um, we're back to a <laughs> seven, seven round competition. So the whole competition's done in nine weeks again this year, um, rather than, rather than the 11 that it's been for the last few years. Um, and yeah, it's it's it, it's got its own its own excitement. It's it's hard to believe that it's only you know six weeks or seven or eight weeks away. It's 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 really close all of a sudden. Yeah, looking looking more forward to it than the bladder say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if we could just there's, there's there's so much to unpack there. Yeah, but if we could rewind back to Sydney Rays. Um, so, what do you really think's going on there? So, they started in the ARC, which was 2007, as a Central yeah, Coast Rays. That's right. And they've still got more or less the same um, little logo. And then they moved down to North Harbour Rays. Is that right? And then yeah. last year it was Sydney Rays, but it was still like just because there was Country Eagles, Western Sydney, so they mm. were the Sydney Rays. But now they're the whole Metro Sydney Rays. So, yeah. it's and I think they're changing. Are they changing their logo to just Sydney, or is it just going to be an anchor or something? Are they? Uh, no, they're, they're, they're sticking. They're sticking with the Sydney Rays um, name, but mm. but the, and but they'll play in a different jersey this year. So so unfortunately, we won't we don't see the the the, the Uno card Harlequin <laughs> strip anymore. They're, they're going to go to a. a that would have been a, <laughs> uh, that would have been a great fit if Uno yeah. sponsored them. It would have been. It would have oh. been. They, uh, That's how you get the kids at the game playing Uno. I know. Well, look, and the referees could have got on board. If there was a yellow or red card, it could have been draw two, draw four. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, there's clearly no thought has gone into that. But, however, <laughs> um, they're, they're going to play in, a, in, in the traditional Sydney colours um, of, of blue and gold. And so they're, they're trying to get back to the, the Sydney... Country clash used to be an annual thing um, for, for for a long time until uh, mid the late eighties, early early nineties. I think it was it sort of just sort of dropped off the off the radar. And so this is New South Wales rugby trying to get back to its roots to a degree. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, of the full reasons for dropping the Rams off. But and, and this is why I say before I'm a little bit conflicted about it because. You know, from from the from the outset of the NRC, we were told that you know Sydney needs to have more te- more teams and more players because that's representative of the strength of um, uh, of New South Wales rugby, and, and it's it's hard to disagree with that. But now all of a sudden we're back to two teams, um, and even even when they dropped the stars a couple of years ago and went to three teams, it didn't necessarily change a whole lot. Um, and I just I just wonder about it. On the flip side of that, if going to Sydney and New South Wales country like we have, like we, we will do for, for season five, 
that already seems to have brought with it more involvement and more control from the Waratahs and from New South Wales rugby in general. And on the big picture, if that's what it takes for that to happen, then it can only be a good thing because for the first four seasons of the NRC, it's something that we've spoken about since day one, the the lack of involvement and lack of engagement from the Waratahs has been one of the big disappointments of the competition. Mm. If going to Sydney and New South Wales country is what gets the Waratahs on board and, you know, heavily involved in how country and Sydney prepare and, you know, form their sides and all that, then that can only be a good thing for the competition. You've only got to look at, um, see what, what Queensland have done with their two teams to see what a success that's been. Yeah. I, but, uh, like, it, the big issue, though, that comes out of that is, like you mentioned earlier, the removal of the Rams. Um we had Nick Bitzer back on, on, the, on the podcast uh, on our show a few weeks back, and he was a, obviously a huge, big Rams supporter. And it yeah. was, the loss of the Rams for him was um, like a huge uh, to add on top of what's been a pretty tough year for people in Western Sydney. Um, you know, with the removal of the Penrith Emus as well from the Shoot Shield, um, that it was just a real sense of just complete disregard by both New South Wales Rugby, the Shoot Shield, and Rugby Australia. Um, and also, I think, because the, the Rams really, I think, compared to most of the clubs, they'd really kind of started to harness that Pacific Island support and were into yeah. an identity were really kind of um, starting to grow. Um, going back on that, seeing, like, obviously, because the Rays are saying they're going to play some games out of Concord and do a whole bunch of other stuff, do you see, in terms of the seeing one less Sydney team um, being an improvement for the actual structures of the game in New South Wales, or do you think it's the, the like as, like Nick, as Fitzy mentioned, it was kind of he thought it was a narrowing of the pathway of getting more players to play? What would you think about that? Yeah, and look, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, I, I think on the surface, um, you know, all of a sudden. Club players in Sydney in the Shoot Shield um, have they've they've lost another another opportunity, and I think in season three a little bit, particularly in season four, we saw a lot of movement between the sides. Um, you know, we 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 were in, in the four, in the fourth season we were starting to see guys who played for their third Sydney club um, in four seasons, which is you know it, it, it tells you that that the players will go where the opportunity is. So that will always happen. That's always been part of the professional game and will continue to be so. But when you take away a pathway like that, um, that's why I say I'm, I'm really conflicted about this because, you know, again, if the if the strength of Sydney rugby and the, and the shoot shield is what it is, then three teams in Sydney should be more than vital. It, it, should, be, it should be easy. It should be necessary. It should be obvious. But but again, we're we're dropping a Sydney team, and you know I I just wonder about that. It's it's good that it's good that the Rays are going to play a couple of games at Concord. Um, I I actually I always thought that Concord should have been a base for the Rams anyway. Uh, it, it, that just felt that yeah. just felt obvious to me. Um, but now we're going to have the situation where the Rays are going to play a couple of games at Concord. I think they're going to play one at Wallara. And I'd imagine they'll play one. They'll play one of the northern beaches there somewhere. So all of a sudden, you know, all yeah, of Sydney is going to be within what ten k's of the CBD. 
I think the lo- that last one they're playing at uh, <laughs> at Leichhardt, and they're playing the. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that just underlines my point then. Yeah, but this. Yeah, is- so it's all it's three in a line basically: Willara, yeah. Leichhardt, Concord. Yeah. I think that. Last- and then they've got a half home game against Camden. In Camden against the Eagles. Against, so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So no, yeah. Yes. I think like, but with the Leichhardt one, that they're playing that on a Wednesday night because the first round of the year yeah. clashes with the um, clashes with the with the grand final of the shoot shield. Shoot shield. Yeah. And I find it interesting because a lot of the other a lot of the other club competitions nation- nationwide finish you know in August. So. Yeah. Well, and we had this situation last year, didn't we? Where where the the, the Rays and New South Wales country, I think. Well, at least the Rays had to have, they had to sort of engineer the buy for them in round one because, um, and I remember Julian Huxley telling you, he didn't actually train with his full squad until the Thursday before round one. Mm. And so they, they went away for a, um, for a camp, like a camp weekend. Um, and that, that, that was effectively their pre-season. Everyone else was play, playing, and they started their preseason on the other uh, weekend of round one. So, I, again, we, we've shortened the season by two weeks. We've gone back to nine weeks, as I say, and we've still got this weird clash. We've still got this. It's it's, it's stupid. That's what it is. There shouldn't be a clash with the Shoot Shield Grand Final. If it means we don't start the NRC until a week later, then start the NRC a week later. But we shouldn't be having this situation where. You know they're having to engineer things into the draw, and so by playing New South Wales Country in Sydney on that Wednesday night at Leichhardt, yes, it gets around that, but effectively you'll have guys in both those squads will have played likely will have played three games inside eight days by the by the end of round two of the NRC. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully the Shoot Shield will actually like because they're going to have that. Uh, North Sydney Oval. Hopefully, they at least say something like, "Yo, the NRC is starting next week." Um, yeah, make sure you check it out. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's, I really don't understand it. So, yeah. I mean, and, look, and this is, and this has been the, this has been the same thing for for a long time. And this is why I say that the the engagement and the involvement of the Waratahs and New South Wales rugby in the two New South Wales teams now is really important because. Um, the the Rams, oh, sorry, the Rays, I beg your pardon, are still the, effectively the or, or were, were I should say, you know, a joint venture. It was a, it was a twenty five percent joint venture of the four Northern Beaches clubs, and they they properly embraced that. They probably yes, it was going to cost them a bit of money and set up and all that, but for the greater good of the game, this was something that they had to be in if they wanted to be involved at, at that next level because. Mm. You know, if they weren't involved, then they ran the risk of, of missing out, being left behind. Um, and I think we sort of saw that with the Rams to a degree, and, and I think that even is what forced Eastwood's hands in taking over the Rams for season four. Now, whether that was a success or not, you can probably judge that by the fact that Rams aren't here next this year. Um, but, you know, if, if we've, we've just got to get away from these petty differences, um, you know, Shield, Shield is, is great rugby and a great competition because it is what it is. Mm. But it's not going to be the, 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 the bridge between club rugby and super rugby. Um, you know, they the, the, the QRU and, and the Brisbane clubs don't try and tell the hospitals cup is, is, is readying players for super rugby. It's, it's preparing them to 
to go to higher honours. But it's it's not the next step. It's the same in Canberra. It's the same in Melbourne and Perth as well. Um, that's why the NRC has been so important for Australian rugby and, 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 and so successful. And I say successful very deliberately because, you know, in four seasons we've had upwards of 50 or 60 guys then go and take the next step the next season into Super Rugby. Um, and that's a that's a huge thing. Um, and I don't think we make enough of that point or, or I don't think it's recognised enough. Mm. So, um, yeah, so exactly talking about, like, um, these development and pathways and everything. So apart from Sydney, which, again, sorry to our Queensland listeners um, <laughs> and Victorian listeners and everyone else, um, <laughs> so apart from that... Do you think generally this draw, this new draw with Western Force and everything, is maybe improving the NRC, taking it, giving it, especially with the Western Force, like I don't know what Twiggy's going to do. Um, I heard there were definitely rumours that uh, Twiggy wasn't interested in the NRC unless it involved the Force. Um, and that they're just words on the street. Um, but do you think that this new draw would improve the NRC? Um, do you see it as a sign of the future of the NRC, or do you think it's maybe a backward step? Uh, oh no! Look, it's not, it's not a backward step because we've had um, we've had seven round competitions before. I think the I think season three, which would have been the first season after the stars were dropped, so that was the first season we went back to eight teams. Um, it was the same thing. It was seven rounds all over in nine weeks. Uh, and, and then obviously the, the addition of the of the Fijian Drua last year in season four added another two two weeks, another two rounds to the competition. It, what it means is that with seven weeks and no buys, um, there's no chance to rest up. So you know, last year we had the we had discussions, and I very deliberately asked the question a couple of times with coaches. You know, is it a is it a good time for you to have the buy this weekend? And all of them, for various different reasons, always said, yeah, it really was, because, you know, guys have just come off a long season of club rugby or super rugby and or whatever, or, or you know, we've got we've now got a week to freshen up and then we'll have one, two games into the finals. It's a really good time. This this year, it's going to be seven weeks, seven rounds, straight into two knockout semifinals. So it's going to be a sprint from the start. Um, you're, not, you're not really going to have time to try and build into the competition, because if you try and take the first three games... Um, you could already be doing yourself out of a top four finish. So teams are going to have to be at their best, um, you know, pretty well from game one or two. Realistically, they'll they'll have game one as a cider, realistically, and then they'll just have to get into it. So I think that actually makes things exciting. It'll mean that teams have to take risks. Um, and, you know, that's been... The backbone of the NRC for four seasons now is, is guys having a crack and just throwing the ball around and wanting to play some really good rugby. And I, I think that'll be a good thing this year. Um, I think the the sprint nature of it will will probably help things this year. There's actually kind of one thing that I have noticed about the draw compared to this year's was like the actual layout of where they're all playing. Um, like we mentioned earlier, the Sydney Rays are obviously playing Willara, Leichhardt, and Concord. Um, but not only that, Melbourne aren't even playing a game in Melbourne this season. So they're playing no, that's right. <laughs> in, in Ballarat, they're playing in. I think they're playing a game. They're taking a game to Adelaide. 
And, and, and their third game's in Geelong, I think, yeah. And they're playing another game in Geelong. I think, and, um, you know, Brisbane City, they're not even playing at Ballymore. They're playing all around the place. Uh, Queensland Country's going north again. Do you think that's... To, yeah. Do you think that's? Do you think doing that and playing just one game everywhere is 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 a, a good model, or do you think that you know because in the past you know Melbourne would always play in Hart, like uh, at Harlequins Park and you know yeah by comparison you know you've got Canberra Vikings they always play out of Viking Park Perth always played out of University of WA which McGilvray yeah yeah uh, look yeah look it's um. It's interesting because, like, the, the Force and, and and Canberra would definitely have an advantage of having a home ground and, you know, a training bus. They'll always have that, whereas, you're right, the other sides will be a little bit nomadic um, in, in their in, in their existence. But on the flip side of that, um, if if the NRC is about getting guys ready for, for Super Rugby, then a big part of Super Rugby is travel and is touring. So... Um, you know that's a that's a factor. So they've got to they've got to start learning about um, you know recovery when you're on the road and, and 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 you know travel schedules and logistics and all that sort of thing. It's you can you know it's 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 sort of it, it would be easy if you like if you knew that you were playing Brisbane City. All right, we're going to Ballymore, so we're staying in this hotel. Um, we'll be there for our captain's run at this time, and, and you know it, it it would be easy. Now that they're going to play at, you know, Brisbane North and they're playing a game at West and uh, it just adds a, an extra little a, an extra little thing, if you like, for the players to deal with. So I, d- I don't mind that. I don't mind the idea of sharing games around to the club sides. So I think it gets the clubs involved and, and, and I think Brisbane City found that to be really successful um, last year when they when they did that, taking games away from Ballymore. Um, but um, yeah, oh, it's, and it's, look, it's great that we're going to Townsville. Um, it's great that the Rising will take a game over to Adelaide because South Australia and, and Tasmania is nominally part of um, or affiliated with Rugby Victoria now. So that's I think that's a good thing that we're going back to Adelaide. Um, yeah, and we'll see how it goes. And, of course, the, the big thing this year is that some teams have three home games, some have four. So, so, so that's going to be that's going to be a factor as well. Um, I haven't, have, I have to admit, I haven't actually looked at the draw close enough to know, you know, what the what the break is. I know Canberra's only got three home games, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that, that, that Melbourne have only got three games as well. But if if the Force, for example, have got four games at McGilvray this year, that's a huge advantage for them. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they've got three. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I know New South Wales country have got four, and I know that the Rays obviously got four, so there you go. For, for not having actually looked at the draw, I've got a fair idea of what's going on already, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of interesting looking at this setup and all of the and looking at the NRC, and also you know in the like so much of this year, particularly around you know we've been talking a lot as well about not just the NRC, but where NRC, the NRC fits into Aussie rugby. I mean, like. Many people are talking about the future of Super Rugby and World Series Rugby and what's going on there. Um, do you think that the where where do you think the future of the NRC lies? I mean, for example, say if this model of eight teams stays for a couple of seasons, um, and but you know Super Rugby changes, World Series Rugby changes. What do you think? Where do you think the midterm, long term future of this comp will go? Oh, look, I, I think there will there will always be a need 
for this mid-tier. I think Super Rugby, in terms of its of its professionalism and its its playing speed and physicality and all that, um, is just is is at a different level to where it was even five years ago. So, and and from the outset, that was one of the reasons for the creation of the NRC. It was it was, it was an identification that the gap between Super Rugby and, and club rugby around Australia is is now bigger than it was. Um, and that's just a uh, that's just an evolution of um, of professionalism, you know. We, and we sort of forget that rugby's only been professional for you know a bit over twenty years. Mm. But but this is now a this is this is now a, um, uh, uh, an evolution of that is that teams are fitter and and they're faster and they're bigger and they hit harder. Um, they're 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 prepared better, they've got better S&C teams behind them, so everything about them is is different, and you've only got to listen to someone like um, George Smith talk um, and he talks about what the Reds are like now, what he's doing at Super Rugby now, compared to what it was when he first came into Super Rugby as a 18 year old, 19 year old in what, 1999 <laughs> um, you know you look at the old vision and obviously the game looks looks similar but it also looks very, very different. Um, so there's always going to be a need for that next tier. Um, and I think Fox Sports know that because they bought the rights for not necessarily the NRC, but for you know semi-professional domestic Australian rugby until the end of 2020. So they know that there's going to be something and they want the, they want to show something, oh. but just whatever form it, ha- it happens to be in. So I, I, think, I think the NRC... Um, the, the the big advantage it's got over the ARC in two thousand seven is that it was allowed a second season, and the second season okay. has then become three four, and here we are in season five. I still get it. I still get a chuckle at you know the the dissenting voices online because a lot of them were saying in season one this thing won't see a second season, and they look like bloody they look like bloody idiots now <laughs> um, because they 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 never wanted it to to, to succeed. Um, and they expected it to fail. Now, you could argue that it hasn't necessarily grown, and you know, shedding another team is, is certainly a sign of that. But the fact that it's been able to go for four seasons, head into a fifth season, and it's been largely self-contained. They've still got a you know a decent amount of sponsorship on it. The the costs involved in the programs hasn't necessarily changed a lot in three years. Going to these clubs. Uh, these club grounds and going to these different venues around the country makes things cheaper than, than it would be playing at, you know, Canberra Stadium or the football stadium or Amy Park in Melbourne. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper doing it that way by the rising taking games to Geelong and, and Adelaide uh, and likewise um, Queensland country going up to Townsville. There's almost certainly council money involved. In, in, in that in those sorts of things um, and and ditto New South Wales country going going around New South Wales as well so yeah that's one way that they're keeping the cost down they're actually you know actually getting a bit of revenue revenue in to take games out in new areas I think what's also really constructive about it is you know by comparison a lot of those critics would say for example oh club rugby can do it club rugby can manage it yet you know, what's great about the NRC is you have those um, super rugby players getting time with those club rugby players, which they otherwise yeah. wouldn't have had because they were playing super rugby. Um, which yeah. 
I think also another big um, beneficial part about that. Do you think then, because, but you, you mentioned as well, like you could argue therefore, but the competition in its five years hasn't really had the chance to grow then. Do you think it comes down to the fact that it just hasn't had any, as mu- like much money thrown at it? Or do you think it comes down to the idea? Oh, yeah. Or do you think it comes down to the identity of the clubs? Like, for example, I mean, tell, I actually am really curious about Canberra because, you know, and I know in the past that Canberra regarded themselves as, I mean, in the past they were the Kookaburras, but mm. Canberra Vikings, which I guess to, to some people in Canberra wouldn't, they wouldn't see that as totally representative of all of Canberra because of they play out a Viking park. Yeah. Viking group owns it and, you know, they obviously own Tugger on Vikings too. Do you think it's money or do you think it's club the actual kind of club uh, or kind of um, actual let's try and find identity. Uh, look, it's a it's a it's a bit of both because um, it, it's it, it's clear that the that the Brumbies as an organisation run at a pretty tight budget anyway, um, and like to to the point that suddenly tacking on an extra three or four hundred thousand dollars. On at the end of the season for an NRC program was something that they just, you know, really had trouble doing it. And so they, that's why when when they started, there was a sort of a three-way arrangement between the Brumbies and, and the University of Canberra and, um, and, and the Vikings group. Now, the Vikings group have, have have taken all that over. University of Canberra pulled out and the Brumbies sort of said, well, here you go, Vikings, you sort of run the program for us. The Vikings get that extra little bit of um, exposure, I suppose. And yes, they play out of Viking Park, but um, anyone that's followed club rugby in the ACT would also know that Viking Park is by, by a long way the, the, the best ground down here. And you, you would play it. You would always play it there anyway. Um, so, yeah, look, there is that little bit of uh, identity about it. I understand that this year they... They are going back to to something of ACT colours um, and similar. So, so last year they played a couple of games in the Kookaburra Strip, uh, and that was that was really well received. They, they're going to while ever the Vikings group is involved, they're going to be called the Canberra Vikings. Um, and realistically, that doesn't really make a lot of difference to the guys that run out. Um, you know, they at the end of the day, they they just want to go where the opportunity is. They want the opportunity to test themselves at the next level, and if it happens to involve running out with a Viking on the chest, well, that's something you put up with for 80 minutes, 80 minutes each week, isn't it? So um, uh, where were you, you? You made the point there, um, Nicholas, just, be, just before about um, where you know, like where things sit, and I think you said, before you, before you, talk, about Cam- before you talk about Canberra, you are talking about... Um, the need for it. I'm trying to think. Can you rephrase your question for me? <laughs> I'm trying to think what you. There was a point. There was a point that you said that I wanted to pick up on. Now I'm trying to remember what it was. It was kind of a question of of you know, does is that like because you mentioned that the clubs haven't grown like yeah they've been doing well, yeah oh yeah grown. Mar- does it come yeah down to money or does it come down to marketing money? yeah absolutely absolutely and so the the classic example of it of this is and we know how. How small the NRC marketing budget has been. We 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 know that most of the push and most of the promotion is via whatever the clubs can manage themselves and whatever Rugby Australia can do via social media. And they do it via social media for for two very obvious reasons. Uh, one, it's pretty instant and it gets it in front of the eyes that are going to see it. Two, it's pretty cheap. You know, realistically, even a promoted Facebook posts or some promoted tweets 
particularly around the finals last year, which I know they did. They can have a, a pretty decent reach for, you know, not too much. We're talking hundreds of dollars, not thousands. So, so, so they're doing, the, the marketing is, is, is run on a pretty oily rag as well. You look at World Series Rugby, on the other hand, where clearly money is no, no object. And the awareness about that over in Perth each week, and, and if, if anyone's following the force or following World Series Rugby on social media, you, you see that. You know, there's, mm. there's three and four week build ups for the next game. So, you know, Rugby Australia would love to be able to throw that sort of money at the NRC. I, I know this. I've had, I've had these very discussions with them. Um, that, they would love to be able to throw that sort of money at them. The, the, the Waratahs and the Reds and the Rebels and the Brumbies and even the Western Force in previous years, would love to be able to throw that sort of money at their own teams and, and build the crowds and try and build that identity and you know get the NRC more well known, but it becomes a return on investment sort of thing. And you know, is it is it really worth spending fifty thousand dollars, for example, to pluck a figure out of the air on a on a, on a marketing campaign around the NRC when your return on investment is going to be nowhere near that? You know, even if you're charging ten bucks a head to get in the gate, and we saw it last year. By the end of the season, it was pretty well free to get in most games anyway. You've got no way of making that $50,000 back, that marketing money back. So they've got to be clever with the way they do it. Um, and that means that it is going to keep running on, on, a, on an early rag type budget until there's some kind of really big uplift in the way it's broadcast and the way that the, the broadcast value is seen on it. Now, that sort of filters into, you might have seen the news in the last week or so that the next, the, the, the last three World Series rugby games over in Perth are going to be shown live on Twitter. Now that's a, that's a potential game changer, I think. Uh, we've, mm. we've long thought that, you know, social media or Facebook or something like that is, is maybe the way of the future. Um, I'm, I'm involved in, um, the ACT rugby match of the round down here each week and that's, sent out through the Brumbies Facebook page particularly and through Bar TV's Facebook page. And they're, they're doing pretty good numbers. They're not on the Brumbies website, for example. They're not live anyway. There's links to it, but ultimately those, those games are going out on Facebook pages uh, because that's where you can get the games in front of more eyes than you can by just saying it's here, it's on the, it's on rugby.com.au, it's on Brumbies website or it's on the Reds website. So I think, I think there'll be a lot of people really interested to see um, how those World Series rugby games are viewed on Twitter over the over the next month because you know we've we've long thought that this might be the way rugby is broadcast down here and, and you know we're not just talking NRC we're talking Super Rugby we know mm. uh, New Zealand rugby have got a got a deal in the background with um, with Amazon so you know th- th- those 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 big platforms are getting more involved now so you know maybe maybe we are about to go into a new age of, of broadcasting and and the sooner the NRC can bring about a little bit of competitive tension around it, well, then all of a sudden you do start getting the money to be able to do all the things you've been wanted, wanted to be able to do with it for years. Well, I mean, you mentioned it before about Fox Sports owning the rights to 2020. Mm. I think in terms of talking about Facebook and Twitter, that's all well and good, but unfortunately with Australian rugby is that Fox Sports is uh, closed to a lot of Australians. Yeah. But it also... Pre- 
provides this provides much needed money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I, I don't want to hate on Fox Sports because, like, it, it's I don't know if they actually make much money from NRC or even Super. I, well, I, I would suggest to you that they make no money out of the NRC because um, even by pairing back their production to, mm. you know, six or seven cameras instead of the third and fourteen they use for Super Rugby, even if they can cut the production cost in half, you're mm. still talking you're still talking upwards of forty or fifty thousand dollars a game. Yeah, and I think that's not quite recognised enough. To, the, the total cost of a Super Rugby production for Fox Sports is well in excess of a hundred thousand dollars per game. So right. yeah, it's 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 big money. Now, mm. anecdotally, I've heard you know from Fox Sports guys um, that they would love to be able to show the the NRC um, in, in, a, in a way that was more accessible. Now, whether that's social media or, or through their website with no uh, no 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 paywall, no login, mm. or anything like that. I've heard anecdotally that the rugby department would love to take all locks off it. It's it's that it actually might be the accountants that's that's holding things back that they are trying to you know get some sort of ROI on on what they are paying in terms of rights. So so again we've got this conflict between what's practical and what's viable and what might actually be be be, be the best for the for the competition itself. So. Uh, I, I remember having having a conversation, an interesting conversation with uh, uh, with with Pete Playford a couple of maybe even started last year, and, who's, and we who's both, Pete Playford. Pete, Pete Playford, of course, used to used to um, used to play for the play for the Brumbies, play for the Waratahs. Right. Was heavily involved in the Sydney Stars in their first year. Was actually their final right. coach. Um, then mm-hmm. was heavily involved as the, the the GM of New South Wales Country when they. Um, uh, in for season three, I think. I don't think he, like, he took a step back last year. Yeah. But he, we were just sort of talking one day and, and we both sort of reached the same conclusion that the NRC probably isn't far off getting as big as it can in its current guise. So, so like, while ever it stays as a, you know, smell of an oily rag type operation, you know, little to no budget, it's probably doing about as well as it, as it can. For it to get yeah. to get bigger and better, it, it's you you can't you couldn't just say throw twice as much money at, at, at it and expect it to, to double in size. You've probably actually got to throw ten times as much money at it to get that sort of bump. That's that's where we're at. In order to get it to make it more visible, you know, covered better, every game covered live, for example, not this mix of TV and, and live streaming. You've got to throw significantly more money at it. Um, and, and that comes across the board. I'm not sure that the competition is actually ready for that yet, but maybe we're, we're sort of nearing the point where, you know, that just needs to happen for for the competition to make to take the next step that a lot of people think it can do. Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of the, the, the teams and the players and the coaches think it can want it to take that next step, but, you know, maybe it's sort of reaching its... It's, it's boundaries, if you like. Maybe it's it's not too far off that. So, so well, then the challenge. So then the challenge becomes, well, how how much will it actually cost to make it the competition we want it to be? Um, mm. That that's that's the big question. Um, it's it's easy to look at New Zealand and say, well, the the the, the Mitre Ten Cup is fantastic. Every game shown live and all that. New Zealand rugby and Sky TV lose a lot of money 
doing mm. that. It's it's heavily subsidised by 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 New Zealand rugby by the All Blacks, realistic, realistically. Um, it's it's good that it's in a position where the smaller clubs, the smaller provinces, particularly, and I'm thinking, you know, Manawatu and, and Tasman and Southland, those those ones, not necessarily the super one, the super sides. Mm. They're, they're they're running pretty well self sufficiently. Some of them are even, even turning small profits. That's that's where you want it. You don't want those sides to be losing money because that's where your competition goes backwards. And also, like New Zealand's completely different. Like, I don't I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure like you you know you've worked on the raw before, and there's a lot of that sort of just do what these people do and what these people do. But it's yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have three other football codes competing for, yeah. for eyes and bums on seats and, you know, broadcast dollars and sponsorship dollars. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously very, very different, but there's also a lot of similarities in the way the way their competitions run, and, and you'd be able to make the same parallels with the Curry Cup in South Africa too, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, okay, well, it's great because it's sort of that trying to get uh, the NRC more attention is a nice little segue to our next topic, which is um, the three Reds that are not playing for the Reds. Yeah. Um, and there was a bit of talk about them not playing in the NRC. So for those people who don't know, I mean, I don't really know either. Maybe Brett or other Nick, you can help. But uh, Quade Cooper, who's currently out of favour at the Reds, um, and Carmichael Hunt and James Slipper, who are both uh, sitting on the naughty chair, um, have both been dissuaded by the Reds, or the Reds don't want them to play yes. for Brisbane in Queensland country? Yes, so I think how this works is that, because I think both, obviously, Carmichael Hunt and James Slipper were, are in trouble for their drug for drug usage, and Quade Cooper, we know, has been out of favour, because I think the official reason is that he doesn't stick to the official game plan, um, <laughs> and can, can, for that reason, whatever. Um, but... I think what's happened here is that the Reds have said to those NRC, to the Queensland country and Brisbane City coaches, well, I think we know who the, I think Mick Heans, the Brisbane City coach. Yeah, Mick, 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 Mick Heans taken taken Brisbane City again. Um, I'm not sure who will be Queensland country because it won't be Brad Thorne this year. So. I haven't named it yet, but basically I think the Reds said you don't have to pick them. There's not like an obligation to pick them and they apparently would rather a young person, like a, they get a young kid to come in and blood some young talent rather than have these players come and play. But I, at this, going back to your point, I mean, Quade Cooper brings in, he brings, he, he gets bums on seats. I mean, South, brings bums on seats. Yeah, South yeah. have been consistently playing, have been getting consistently good crowds every year and every week, and it's because of, week, yeah. of, because you've got someone like Quade Cooper playing for you, and they've also been playing really good rugby in the hospital, um, in the hospital challenge up. So it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword. And I think Rugby Australia is kind of saying to the Reds, "What's going on here? If you, you mean, you've got these players, and yes, they've, um, yes, they've done bad things. That yes, they've kind of uh, out of favour. But you know, maybe it's time to try and to, to give them a chance. I mean, the whole the NRC is about opportunity." So, do you think? What do you think's the go here, Brett? Do you think they should be allowed? To, yeah. Do you reckon? What, what's what do you, what's going on here? I I was I was thinking about about this a little bit um, this afternoon, um, knowing knowing that it was going to come up, and <laughs> where 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 I sort of got to is that oh, I'm so, I've sort of got to to an allowable double standard, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, I, I reckon you've got to look at the three of them case by case. So. In the case of James Slipper, for example, he's he's obviously gone through 
um, a bit of a tough time. He's, 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 admitted, he's admitted that he's had a bit of mental illness, and and the and the Reds said from the outset when he when he tested positive the second time, he's, he's serving his drug ban at the moment. They said that they they would do everything they could to to you know get him fit again, get him healthy, and, and basically get him back playing rugby. That's what that's what he wanted. I think someone like James Slipper absolutely has to play NRC. Um, he played he, he he was he was heavily involved in the, in the Queensland country uh, set up last year and was and was actually genuinely gutted he couldn't play in the final down here in Canberra um, to the point where he felt embarrassed that he got trotted out for the uh, for the final press conference down here last year. Um, <laughs> but he he absolutely if if, if he's up to it um, mentally and from a fitness point of view. He should absolutely be running out for Queensland country again this year. Carmichael Hunt, I think, is a bit of a different situation. Um, we're talking about a second drug charge here. Uh, I think reading between the lines, he's very much persona non grata, both for the Reds, and I don't even think that Rugby Australia want a lot to do with him anymore. That, that, I think that that second that second drug charge, even though... You know, it was sort of thrown out to a great degree, or the charges were dropped. I think everyone can is sort of reached the conclusion that if it talks and walks and sounds like a duck, it probably is. I'm not so sure about Carmichael Hunt. If you wanted to put a line through him, I probably couldn't argue with it. Then you get to the point of Quade Cooper, and he's he's clearly not part of Brad Thorne's plans. Um, that's you know mm. very very obvious. But again, you know. Surely young guys from Brisbane City could learn something from him. So what's the best way of getting Quade Cooper involved in the Brisbane City side that young guys could learn from him? It's debatable whether they would learn from him with Cooper at 10. So maybe Cooper playing at fullback, for example, might actually be a way of steering a... Well, it's not going to be Hamish Stewart because he's, he's from Queensland country, isn't he? You know, whoever the, the Brisbane City number 10 might be or the, or the halves or the, you know, the, the, the inside centres. Maybe having him in the squad coming off the bench even, maybe there's a, there's a benefit to be had there. So this is why I say it's sort of this allowable double standard, if you like, because I think, I think you have to look at them case by case. I don't think you could have, you can, have a hard and fast rule and say they definitely all should play or shouldn't play because yeah. I think they're, their situations are all a bit different. Um, mm. Nick Frisbee, up until a week ago, was in the same boat, but he's now gone signed with Glasgow Warriors, which realistically he, he wasn't he wasn't going to be required in Australia. I think a lot of halfbacks had gone past him, so I think that's probably a good move for him, um, and that solves the NRC side of things for him as well. So uh, I'd heard the same thing that you had there before, um, Nick, that 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 they will be named in their NRC respective NRC squads if they're fit and then it's up to their co- up to their coaches to um, to make a call. Now Mick Heenan's already said that he's not going to pick Quade Cooper if the Reds aren't going to pick him. Oh. Um, so yeah, he, he said that I reckon the day after the NRC draw was put out, that question was raised straight away. Um, so yeah, he, he's already he's already given that indication that he'll he'll probably struggle to get get a game for City. But um, I know Mick Heenan enjoyed having Quade Cooper around last year because we had this very discussion that he was mm-hmm. really, really good for the young guys. So that, I'm sure, wouldn't be an easy decision for um, for, for him and, and around the Brisbane City coaches to make. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... I, I, I kind of... 
see see the point of kind of going case by case basis, and it's it's a difficult it's a difficult argument to have. But at the same time, like you say, you know, you're having your James Slippers and your Quay Coopers around would be so beneficial for those yeah. players. Like you could learn so if you were a young yeah. prop trying to learn, you know, you know the the ways of trying to get through a game, um, and you have someone like James Slipper there who can you know support you and help yeah. you. It's beneficial, you know, not just for, you know, it's beneficial for, for the young players. It's beneficial for James Slipper to be in, involved. I mean, like you mentioned, he's, he was really passionate about that, Queen about playing for Queensland country, and that's great. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It shows that, you know, the players care. The players care, and they want these teams yeah. to do well, and they want these younger players to do well. Um, so I think yeah. it's definitely like a difficult, it's a difficult position that... Yeah. And, and from a... From a from, from a competition point of view, it's it's a it's an absolute no brainer. Having 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 Quade Cooper running out for Brisbane City is, is uh, you know, you know uh, there probably wouldn't be a, a a better name to play for them. But and for, for the young guys and for, for their for those clubs to be able to say, you know, come to come to North Oval this weekend. We're playing New South Wales country. Quade Cooper's playing, and it, like it, it becomes an easy sell. You need those recognisable names in each team. So, you know, the, you, Queensland Country need Duncan Payawa playing. Um, you know, New South Wales Country need, um, you know, like an Alex Newsom. Um, you know, the, the Rays, the, 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 the Rays need, it's not going to be Michael Hoover, but, um, yeah. Danny, Tommy, Tommy Tom, yeah. Yeah, Danny Fitzpatrick is a really good example. Tommy Cusack down um, here in Canberra. Um, um, Jack Maddox and Jack McGregor last year were fantastic for the Melbourne Rising. Um, yeah, you, you need those those recognisable names to really kick the NRC along a bit. But um, yeah, it's it has to be case by case because inevitably there'll be someone else down the line will find themselves in a similar situation. Um, and if there's a hard and fast rule of that shall not play, it, it, it just it just it, it it can't be a catch all like that because catch alls rarely do actually catch everything. It, I think it has to be case by case. Yeah, it was just it was, it was just intriguing that there was these three people who, like you said, are persona non grata. Um, mm. And the Reds basically said, yeah, don't play them. I just thought it was a bit, it was a bit strange. Like you said, case by case. Um, yeah. The biggest one is Carmichael Hunt. I, I can see why they don't want to play him anymore. Um, they probably really lost his, their patience with him. But um, earlier before, actually, Brett, you said uh, Michael Hooper for Sydney Rays. Now, potentially... Yeah, it was, it was now we have to after a bit. <laughs> but, but this is something I've always thought. Um, with So occasionally with state cricket, the national cricket is back in play. Do you think potentially one way... And, yeah, like, the, the schedule was nuts. And, and, like, Michael Hooper in particular, I, I don't... I'm scared for that guy. He plays so much rugby, mm. and he's a freak. And... I'm just scared that, you know, he's going to hit 28 and then just wither away. I'm really scared because he just his body gives up. But right now they're playing so much rugby. Do you think maybe one thing the ARU could do is get, you know, Israel Flowers of the world, the Michael Hoopers, the Jake Gordons, the Reese Hodges to play maybe one round of NRC? Do you think maybe oh. that maybe you know. push along a bit? In, in a perfect world, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, but I, I think it's it's also um, 
I think realistically, much like Shield cricket, mm. I think I think realistically the NRC is not going to be a competition for your your your, 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 your Wallabies first fifteen players. Yeah. Um, I, I think they've actually, I think they do it do it pretty well. And, and Michael Checker is is pretty conscious of it, and he's pretty conscious of making sure that you know players twenty five to to thirty three or four in his squad are getting adequate game time and aren't just spending, you know, August, September, October on, on the training track. So it, I think he's pretty conscious of that and, and getting mm. the guys back to the NRC so that they can actually get some decent game time at a decent level. Um, right. So, and, and as I say, he's been pretty good at that over the last few years and, and there's been numerous examples that we can think of of, Guys coming back from the Wallaby squad and, and and even finding themselves finding a bit of form at NRC yeah. level and forcing their way onto the Wallabies bench, for example. Um, Scott Fardy is an, is, is an obvious one that I can think of, and it was wouldn't have been last year; it must have been season three. He was just sort of he, he's come off the bench for a couple of games, and then he actually got dropped and went back and played. Might have only been half a game for the Rays. But absolutely tore it up. Was giving offloads like he was John Cartwright. It was a, it was a <laughs> phenomenal game, and that and that was enough for him to get back on the bench for the next test. And I think he held his spot for the rest of the year after that. So, you know, I, I think it's a it's a big part of of Michael Checker's planning. But but very much like you used yeah, the state cricket sure. analogy before, it's for the same reason that we're not going to see Steve Smith and well. For, for obvious reasons, we're not going to see Tim Payne and Mitchell Stark <laughs> playing for uh, for their respective states um, in, on, on a Sheffield Shield um, um, ground anytime soon. I think there'll be that core group of ten or twelve or fifteen Wallabies who just don't see a lot of um, NRC action. Mm, yeah, well, I, I kind of agree. Like, it, it is good though, for example, that the they would allocate those players. To, like, for example, Michael Hooper has been allocated to the Sydney Rays for the last three years. Yeah. He's never actually played a game. I mean, it shows... No. But, like, it's... Mm. it's kind of, that kind of also kind of adds to the, like, the... Like, if he was to play, play a game there. But, yeah, I, 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 I kind of do agree with that with that point about, you know, the shit yeah. stuff. I think we should kind of actually use that to lead into kind of the last point uh, that we wanted to, to bring up here, which was... You know, obviously we've got it's two months out from the competition. We've got you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of time. Super Rugby's still on. We've got the Rugby Championship as well. But Brett, are you brave to predict this far out who will take home the toast rack? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Which, which which of the eight teams that are yet to be named? Uh, <laughs> Do I think we'll win a competition that is going to kick off in eight weeks' time? <laughs> actually, it's, it's not—it's not eight weeks. It's—it's it's Saturday, September one. It all kicks off. Now that I've actually got a draw in front of me, so it's, it is only—it uh, is only about six or seven weeks away. Um, look, I mentioned—I—I <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned, yeah, and no, it's, it's a—it's a fair call. Look, what? What I'm what I'm hoping for this year is a is a similar sort of situation that we had last year, whereas where that going into the last round into, into round nine last year, we still had six teams angling for four spots in the semis. 
and that was fantastic. And I remember, <laughs> I remember giving myself a headache one night working through the equations <laughs> for, for, a, for a rugby.com.au piece. And it was, it absolutely did my head in, but it was worth it because, um, it became very clear after that. And I actually had a couple of coaches in, in the week subsequent say, actually say, <laughs> you saved us a lot of work then. <laughs> so I'm hoping for the same sort of thing. Like, like in an 18 comp, seven rounds, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a sprint from the start. I hope there's a real genuine six-team race. I think there will be two teams, probably maybe three, who, for whatever reason, you know, injury combinations, all of the above, they just don't quite click. And if you don't quite click for the first month, then you're gone. So I, I think if if we could have a similar situation where there's where there's five and hopefully six teams still really really in uh, you know, well and truly in, in it going into round six round seven that'd be fantastic. So I think um, that's a long winded way of padding while I think about who's actually going to be there or thereabouts. I mentioned the force before, and I think we've got to include them because, as I mentioned, they'll be coming off a um, they'll be coming off a good, a good campaign themselves. They've, they've been playing some some decent rugby. They've still got three games of, um, of of World Series rugby to go over there. So, and we know they're they're World playing. Uh, they play. Uh, they play Samoa this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say they play Samoa. They're playing a game against the Australian Stockman, I believe. Um, I think that might be their last game, and I can't think who the uh, who, it's a Hong who, Kong. It's, it's Hong Kong. They're playing Hong Kong, and I think after that they've got the Panasonic Wild Knights. Oh, uh, yeah. Panasonic Wild Knights. You're right. Yeah. I think it's the last one. Um, so, so they're actually going to come off. Um, they're going to come off like that. That Panasonic game, I think, will be will be pretty decent because you know we know that Robbie Deans will use that as a as a trial. For, for his squad going to the top league there in Japan, so he'll be bringing a pretty, you know, pretty decent squad with him, you'd reckon. So I, I think the Force are going to be in a really good position for um, for NRC round yeah. one. Um, I they've got four I, home games. Yeah, and they've got four home games, so that so that will that will definitely help. I I, I reckon, and and I'm just sort of crystal balling here a little bit, thinking that a large chunk of the Brisbane City, sorry, the the Queensland country team that won it last year. I think a lot of those core players will still be there, and so I'm thinking of guys like um, maybe not necessarily Tenniel Tupo, and probably not Isaac Rodder. They'll be in and out of the Wallaby squad, obviously. But but guys like uh, uh, Angus Scott Young and Harry Hockey, Angus Blythe, those those young locks. Um, I'm not sure where James Tuttle's up to at the moment. I'm not sure if he's injured or whether he's actually just Sort of dropped out of the, the the Reds 23 for a bit, or he hasn't been able to get his way back into it. But if, if he's there, Hanks, Duncan Payawa, Filippo Dangunu, uh, is Edo Nambuli with country or is he with Brisbane City? I think it's with oh, City. Might be with City, yeah, yeah. So, 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 you know, there's a, there's some pretty, pretty handy guys there that were, that have been involved with with Queensland country for a while, um, so I, I reckon they'll be in a pretty decent shape to to defend their crown. And and then depending on how the Sydney New South Wales country thing goes, and I understand that they they're really going to try and stick to 
to, to, to origin type selection there, which should, in theory, make New South Wales country a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon one of the two Sydney New South Wales sides will be there, um, and I've, I've got a bit of a soft spot for, for New South Wales country. I have to admit, I've I've, um, I've really enjoyed speaking with Darren Coleman over the years, and, and I hope he's involved again this year. He'd be the only original NRC coach still involved for years. He's, he's certainly the only one that's done all four seasons. So um, I hope he's around for a fifth. So I, I hope New South Wales country are there or thereabouts because I think they've been probably the most consistent NRC team that hasn't won anything yet. Mm. <laughs> oh, there's Canberra, I think. Because Canberra... Oh, yeah, and, and Cam- yeah, Canberra was where I was going to finish. Um, and, and I've, I've, as I mentioned, I've, I've had, a, had a bit to do with... ACT rugby down here this year, and you, and you see the guys who've been involved in the NRC squad last year and the year before. They they're really standing out. Um, you know, there's a you see the guys that have gone back, and they're and they're just a, a a cut above. They're they're a class above the you know the the average grade player. So I think there's still plenty of, there's plenty of good talent. There's some some good young kids coming through. Um, you know, um, Mac Hanson and two or three others have just come back from the Junior Wallabies, and um, and, and they'll be we're, we're keep, keeping an eye on those those young guys. So I, I'd like to think Canberra will be there or thereabouts as well. And and who knows what Fijian and Drew side will get this year. If we get the if we get the side that started the comp last year um, and not the team that played sort of between rounds five and seven last year, then they could, you know, they they could win eight of their nine games and win the competition comfortably. <laughs> but if they sort of if it becomes a bit of a chore for them, uh, and again, I'm not sure what they're their draws like travel with those. Um, you know, if they if they get an opportunity to take an easy option, that's always been their biggest battle. Um, so, you know, if they can stay on top and, and play well, they'll be dangerous and they'll be fantastic to watch. Mm, I agree. I think it's going to be fantastic because, you know, this is one of the first times I've looked and gone, I actually don't know where I can see an easy leader. I mean, of course, you mentioned yeah. the force. They're playing. Yeah. They've had the leading, which is another X factor to the competition because, you know, as we've talked about all evening, the actual lack of build-up to the competition um, has often, you know, it's like, a you know, if you don't get, you don't get momentum early on, the season's over. The force of God, yeah. now they've been, they're playing, they've been playing games, they've had games under their belt, they know their combinations. Um, that, when, that combination thing will, will be key. That will be, that will be huge. That will be huge because we've seen it in previous seasons. We've seen teams... Still trying to find combinations by round three or four, yeah. um, and you know, still trying to find your combinations a month into the comp this year. Like I said, you'll be, you'll be gone. You'll, you'll be left behind. And ex- exactly, and you know, like you mentioned, the drawer. If they on 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 any given day, you know, they they're always going to be a threat. I think they'll always be a like consistently be in the top half of the of the ladder. You know, considering the amount of of talent that they have, um, Queensland country you mentioned as well. I think. You know the that New South those two New South Wales teams are really kind of I wouldn't say the dark horses, but you just we don't know what's yeah going, we don't know what's going yeah. up. They, It'll either be great. You, when, when you when you when you think about it, they could be really good, but you know how how it all sort of pans out with Wallaby squads and where Waratahs are post Super Rugby in terms of rehab and you know end of end of season surgery and things like that. That could make or break both teams. I agree with you. Mm, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be an awesome comp. It's going to start on September 1st, wasn't it? September 1, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think, it, you know, the fact we're already... It feels like yesterday we were at Season 1 and it was Sydney Stars kicking off with Brisbane City. Yeah. We're five years in. Yeah, I think it's... Looking forward to it. Um, I think... Um, that, sorry, Nick. Oh, I've got I've got one more question for you, Brett. Yeah. Uh, I just I just before I do though, you were talking about before earlier about your um Excel sheets. I just want to give a shout out. Um, Brett's got uh, on Brett's Twitter, which is do you want to read out say your Twitter app for everyone? It's at at, at, at BMC Sport. At BMC Sport, it's yeah. amazing. He's got the you got the Super Rugby tables. Yeah, and I swear it, they're they're better than anything that's easily found on the internet. They're great. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you let me tell you why why they've come about. <laughs> yeah, you know the you know how they say that you know necessity is the mother of all invention. I, uh, I I discovered a couple of years ago that it was really difficult to find accurate goal, goal kicking stats. Like it was, you could you could look up any game and you could see that. Nico Sanchez kicked three penalties and two conversions, but you don't, you couldn't actually find out that he kicked three for three from three penalties and kicked two conversions, but he actually sprayed three more. And so you couldn't actually, you could find, you could see how many goals had been kicked and how many points had been scored, mm. but you couldn't actually see what their kicking percentages were like. Right. And then that sort of morphed into, well, why don't I just sort of keep track of goal kicking and then that very quickly became try scoring and then that very quickly became drop goals and then cards and all of a sudden now I've got a Excel spreadsheet that's about eight different tabs and there's a reason why you haven't seen it this week after round 18 and that's because I haven't finished filling the bloody thing out yet <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's become a bigger beast than I needed to, to be but it's still actually really really handy and, and and so yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that that they and I know they do get picked up on on Twitter particularly, and they they do get looked at, and people like seeing them. So you know, I don't mind mm. doing it from from that point of view. But um, I'll do the same thing for the NRC as well, for for the same reasons, because it it can be difficult to find all that sort of information in one reasonably handy spot. Like you know, you can dig around, you can find the info, but to be able to have it. In one central spot has been really, really handy for me. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll keep doing that if whatever that's the case. Um, yeah, <laughs> once you get once you get your uh, table sorted, uh, send it through. <laughs> we can embed it embed it on the post from Green and Gold Rugby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, on. we'll share it. Right yeah, um, yeah. Right, right. I think we're gonna have to. I'm going to have to attach an invoice to this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's promotion, man. Promotion. Um, It'd be good for your profile. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my final question was, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure if you listen to uh, the other podcast we have on here, which is the Rugby Report card. But uh, those... I haven't had that for a while, I have to admit. Oh, okay. Um, that's all right. That's all right. Um, those boys aren't very interested in the NRC. So their oh. names are Blake... Uh, Dick and Jim. So you can give them a shout out if you want. But why do you think, what would you say to them? Why do you think they should watch the NRC 
I think they live in they go for the Southern District or they've played the Southern District, so they're that <laughs> part of the city. On <laughs> what what loaded question, Nick? Um, I, I I would just say the th- the thing that I've never been able to get my head around um, the 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 attitude from 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 some and certainly not all people in, in Clubland toward toward the NRC is why they would um, why they would want to deprive guys at their clubs quite quite often. Mm. From the from the opportunity to, be, to become better players, and mm. and and I say that because ultimately the club gets a benefit from them being a better player. So yeah. he used the example of Brandon Payinger-Amosa, who played for Southern Districts, in fact, and had and played first couple of seasons for um for for the Rams. He switched to New South Wales Country last year, um, and he's he's become a wallaby inside. 12 months effectively and, and the NRC has been a huge part of his development it was there was the NRC was where um, was where the Reds and, and Brad Thorne saw him so mm. and, and there's countless other examples um, Issy Nicerani um, Isaac Rodder um, you know uh, Tommy Cusack Jack Maddox is all these guys around around the country who are absolutely better players and are better super rugby players and better wallabies in some cases. Ned Hannigan's another one. Uh, because the NRC was there to give them the the boost they needed from from club rugby or under-20s rugby in some cases, and, and, and again, the Amatics and, and Hannigan there, mm-hmm. it's just given them that extra taste of professional programs and professional life and, 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 and being a professional footballer. And for all the... In- for all the goodwill and for all the good work that, that club rugby does, at the end of the day, club rugby just isn't able to provide that properly professional platform for guys to, to become better players. Yes, they'll, they'll, they've got longer seasons and they can get, you know, develop arguably better combinations, but you get better, better coaching, better fitness, better SNC, better recovery. It's probably the, the bigger, important, the most important thing there, mm. and ultimately they they'll come back from the NRC to their club next year, and they'll be a better player because of it. So right. the, the NRC is as much helping club rugby and Premier rugby around the country as it is helping Super Rugby. It's a it's not an either or thing. Um, it, it's it's like the little the little girl in the, in the old El Paso ad. We can absolutely have both. Mm. And there's there's no reason to try and deprive ourselves of that. And if and if it ever, I'd hate to think that it ever got to the situation where it became a money thing if we can do one or the other because mm. we've just got to find a way of doing both because um, you know again that was the whole reason why the NRC was was created just was because you know that step was too big and I've often thought and I've often posed the question to guys who played in the ARC in, in 2007. Um, you know, where would we be if we weren't talking about NRC Season 5, but we're actually talking about ARC Season 11 or 12? Can, like, can you just imagine mm. where Australian rugby might be if the yeah. ARC had, a, had a, kept going? It's a, it's a really, really... It's equal, it's equal part scary and depressing... Where, where we might, might be, like, like scary in a good way, 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and depressing in that it was a real opportunity missed, I think, taking the easy way out, um, you know, to appease the clubs in, in certain, certain circumstances to cut costs in others. But yeah, I just, I, I do, I do often think, I do often allow myself to think where we might be if, um, if the ARC kept going. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think it, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's a matter of just giving it a chance and going to a game. Yeah. For yourself. And you never know, you might, you might end up loving it, which is, oh, which, what's great. Yeah. Sorry. Also, well, I might yeah. add, I might add, um, I just looked it up. Uh, Fiji are playing Sydney, uh, Concord Oval. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and seeing the Fijian boys do their sing song after the game. Yeah. What a sight. Oh, amazing. Well, you, you might, you might remember there a couple of years ago, and it might have been season three, I think. I don't think it was last year, but season three, the, the Rams did their first, um, like Pacifica round, and, and, yeah. and that was at, at Concord, and they had all the, the island of food and things in there, and, I, I didn't get there, but I, I remember talking to, I'm, I'm sure it was um, Andrew Swain from Fox Sports, and he said it was actually really hard to concentrate because the waft of whatever it was they were cooking up on the hill was just coming straight through the grandstand. It was just, it was, the lineups were huge. It was just such a great picture um, that day. And, you know, that would be, that would be huge if they could, you know, recreate that sort of thing again. I think the, the sooner, the sooner that sort of thing gets recreated, and there's just there's so many good things around. All the all the clubs, as we said from the past, all the clubs want to get involved. They all want to put the best of their club on show, so they want to show that their steak sandwich is better than the next club, and that you know they have good catering and they've got the coldest beer and everything that you love about rugby is there at the NRC. It just happens to be a better level of rugby and, and a really entertaining level of rugby. So, realistically, if you love the game at any level, it's just worth going to watch. And it's certainly worth watching on on TV or, or, or via the streams if you if you can't get to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that any more than that. I'm can't wait. Twenty third of September, boys. Yeah. Twenty third of September, Concord Oval. Yeah. There you go. Get Start them, playing it now. Get them there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I reckon that'll um that'll wrap us up for this episode of the Drop Kickoff. Thank you so much, Brett, for coming on and chatting NRC with us. It's been great. Yeah, and no, I really enjoyed it, guys. It, it's, um, it is hard. It's hard to believe it's, it's, it's so close. But, um, you know, when we think about this is the, the last round of Super Rugby, I suppose we've got to start thinking about NRC pretty soon, haven't we? Because it's, <laughs> if we, if we, if we, if we don't, it'll be round four and we'll get left behind as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, we'll, we'll, we, we know what the draw is going to look like now. We'll start seeing squads being named in the next month, I'd say. Um, so, you know, as things start dropping, the, the, the natural build-up will be there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it this year. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree anymore. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Nick H, for coming on as well. Um, pleasure always having you on the pod too. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Cheers. And to all our listeners, uh, we'll catch you next time we... we uh, we have a podcast coming. So thank you very much. Bye for now. Well, what did go wrong? I have to look look and think about it, think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo, very good, very good. <laughs>